Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Before we get started, I'd just like to open up in prayer, as always, and just invite God's presence in and, and, and such. So if everyone can bow your heads and close your eyes. Uh, Father, we thank you so much that this is the day that you've made, and we thank you that you... You are, you are a God who is mighty and powerful, and you love us, Father. We thank you so much for this season and for the season of Christmas where you sent your own son for us, God. We thank you that, that we can come here and worship you and learn more about you. I pray that the words I speak are from you, God, and I pray that you receive all the glory and honor today. We lift you high, and we praise your name in your holy name. Amen. All right, so we're in this series called Unboxed. Um, it's, it's Christmas season, you know, there's lights everywhere. In other places, it's snowing. Here we get, you know, more heat. Woo! But, you know, it's Christmas season, and, and there's all this culture. You put your parole out, you do whatever. And, it's in, and one of the bigger parts of Christmas season is gift giving. And you, you give gifts, and, and when you're a kid, you receive the, the coolest toys or, you know, the whatever, or socks or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and, and, and this, this series uh, is to help, us rem- help remind us of the greatest gift that we've received, and that's Jesus, that several thousand years ago, Jesus was born, and then eventually he died for us. And so this is us unboxing that gift. So like, let's, let's look at this like a Christmas gift, that Jesus is the greatest gift, like Armin said. And so this is us unboxing that gift, and to, to take out and see different aspects of who Jesus is. What is this gift that we've received? What is this that we're, we're um, receiving at this point? And so last week, we, we're, we're going through a scripture, uh, which if you guys can turn into your Bibles now, whew, if you guys can turn into your Bibles to Isaiah 9-6, I'll give you a second to do that. We're going to read our scripture for this series. So Isaiah 9-6, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so this is the scripture that we're going through. This is a four-week series, and we'll go through this till the end of December. Um, And last week we discussed, Pastor Mark discussed Jesus as the wonderful counselor, as Jesus as somebody who's always full of good counsel, that when you don't know what to do, he's always there that you can pray and ask, God, I I need wisdom on how to deal with the situation. And so next, this week we'll talk about Jesus as the mighty God. Next week we'll talk about him as the everlasting father. And then the week after we'll talk about him as the prince of peace. And so before we get into our topic for the day, which is mighty God, uh, we're just going to discuss a little bit, bit, bit of background about this scripture. Now, this was written, much like, like Armin said earlier with his exhortation, this was written by Isaiah. And this was hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And Isaiah was a prophet. And basically, it was just somebody who delivered the word of God. And it was somebody who encouraged the people. And so this, this scripture, the purpose of this scripture was to encourage the Jews at the time. That, you know, when issues come up, when there's trials and when there's tribulations, at the time they were going through a... Um, uh, an exile from Israel. And so when, and so this was a big struggle for them. And so when, when issues arise and, and when things come up, it's important to know. And the reason that Isaiah gave this scripture was to encourage his people that, you know, there will be an end to these troubles. There's going to be an end to these trials and tribulations. There's going to be an end. And not only that, I'm raising up a leader who is going to take you out of this. And his name shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. So the purpose of this scripture was to encourage the Jews that there is a leader coming, that there is someone coming. What they didn't know at the time was that that leader that was, who was coming was Jesus. 
is we know now that this, this leader who, who he described is Jesus, and this is what they called him, and these are aspects of Jesus. And so again, last week, we talked about wonderful counselor, and so this week, we'll talk about Jesus as mighty God, and it's very important to know these. Uh, the reason why it's so important to know who Jesus is and, and uh, these aspects and names of Jesus is that it's really important to know who it is that we serve. It's very important to know who it is that not only saved us, but calls us to follow him. If, uh, if, you, if, if, um, if you're in a job, it's kind of important to know who your boss is, you know? It's like going into work and somebody just random comes up to you and says, hey, can you, can you get this done for me? And who are you? Who is this guy? Who, why is he telling me what to do? And so it's important to know who Jesus is and who our boss is. Not only that, you know, when, when situations like that arise, that if somebody asks, hey, who is, it, who is this Jesus that you serve? Who is this guy that you know who to tell who your boss is? So like, let's say if somebody says, hey, who is, who is Jesus? Oh yeah, he's, he's this guy. He's this, he's this. These are, these are aspects of him. This is who he is. And so that's why it's important to know the scripture and to know these. And so today, we're, this week, we're going to discuss about mighty God. Last week, we talked about wonderful counselor. And so it, it's Jesus, if, if, you, if you don't know what to do, if you need wisdom, if you need counsel, he's this wonderful counselor. And uh, Pastor Mark explained that wonderful in the original Hebrew was this word Pele. And Pele, not the soccer player, who? Katong knows what I'm talking about. Yes, he's a student. He plays soccer. Go meet him. Find his holiday plans. Yeah, not Pele, who is this amazing soccer player. Pele actually means uh, wonderful, amazing, um, just these positive aspects of, of wisdom. And, and then counselor is that he's so full of wisdom is that whenever you don't know what to do and whenever you need counsel on what to do or whenever you need wisdom on, on situations, he's always there to give it. And so this week we're going to talk about mighty God. And, and to discuss this, we're going to break this up into three different, three different subsections. We'll talk about Jesus. We'll talk about mighty, what that means. Then we'll talk about God, what that means. And then we'll talk about both of them smashed together in one happy ball. Um, and so we'll talk about mighty first. Now this word mighty stems from the word gibor. The Bible, in case most of you, in case some of you didn't know, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew, in Greek, uh, Aramaic, and, and a couple other different languages. And so along the lines, uh, we translated it into English, and that's how we get all these standard, these versions like New, New International Version or English Standard Version or things like that. Is, uh, the reason is because it was written in Hebrew. And so Isaiah, when he wrote this, when he wrote this passage, this prophecy about Jesus, he wrote it in the original Hebrew. And the word that he used, in, and the word mighty that he used there was gibor. Everyone say that. Gibor. Whew, sounds good. And, and this, this word gibor, the closest translation that they found to it in English was mighty. But there's, a, there's kind of a connotation behind this word. There's kind of a, a meaning behind this word. Uh, and it, it, it like implied powerful or implied hero-like or victorious. Uh, the reasons you would use this word is to describe somebody who's had victory over all his enemies. Um, so to kind of help you guys understand when you would use this word, I have some examples. Uh, the first is, is a, um, a guy named David in the Bible. I'm sure all of you know is that when he was, when he was a preteen or when he was young, he killed a giant by shooting his sling stone into his forehead and whatnot. And um, that, that solidified him as a hero, that he saved the Israelite people and he defeated the greatest warrior of the enemies. And he's this guy who had victory. And then not only that, is that later in his life, as he grew up and as he started, he, he had victory after victory after victory and he kept conquering his enemies. And eventually he just became the greatest king of Israel. And so he is somebody that you would use this word gibor to describe. Um, 
maybe in a little more fictional aspect of it, uh, a word that uh, a group that you would describe this with this word gibor is these guys, the Avengers. Who, yeah. And so these guys are, are an example of what you would use the word Gibor to describe that, you know, when the earth is in peril, you know, here comes Iron Man swooping in, just, and Captain America throws his mighty shield and such, and Hulk gets angry. Pray for Hulk. But yeah, no, these, these, are, these are guys that you would use to describe this word Gibor, is that they're, they're heroes that when, when things are tough and when things, things need saving, they come in and they save the day and they have victory over their enemies and, and you know, whatever like that. Uh, another example, another prime example of this word gibor in a little more of a, a relatable sense is this guy. Mani Pacquiao. Man, this guy's a hero. This guy's a mega hero. This, this is somebody that you would use to describe with gibor. Is that even his last fight, which we all know who really won that, right? Yes? Anybody disagree? You're wrong. You're wrong. Get out of here. He won. <laughs> So he's somebody that you would use to describe with this word gibor, is that, you know, he's, he steps up and when he gets in the ring, he's, and he defeats his enemies and whatnot. And he's, he's another, he's an example of what you would use to describe this word gibor. Uh, actually, somebody that is a prime example of what we would use to describe gibor is actually sitting in here with us right now. Actually, several. If, if you're, if you're a veteran here, uh, you are a prime example, or if you're even active service, uh, you're a prime example of what we would use this, to describe with this word gibor is that you're somebody who's willing to step up and, and, and go and fight, for some, fight somebody else's battle and go do something and serve others. And that is a prime example of this word gibor. Uh, another example, which is a little more relatable, is he's sitting right here in the, in the front row. Pastor Mark, can you, can you stand up? Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not going to stand up. There he goes. Woo! Pastor Mark is a prime example of someone that we would use to describe with this word gibor, is that he's somebody who steps up and, and when, when things get tough, he, he gets going and he is definitely a, a hero to me and somebody to look up to and such. And so that's kind of the connotation behind this word gibor. I'm going to start using mighty again because I can't roll my tongue. I'm getting dehydrated. Yeah, so this is the connotation behind why Isaiah used this word. And that's the connotation, that's the idea that was behind it. And so he used this to describe Jesus. And this is the way, this is the way that, that the meaning that that word held. And so if you kind of get that picture in your mind that what this mighty actually means, kind of the deepness of what it means, that is what he used to describe Jesus. So now we're going to move on to the next part of, next part of it, the, the God part. All right, so he's mighty, he's gibor, and now he's God, right? And so what, why, why, would, why would he say God? It's not that he's God-like, it's not that he's similar to God. It's not that he's a really great guy with qualities of God. It's not even that he's a man after God's own heart. It's that Jesus was God himself. It's very important to know this. It's insanely important to know this. And this is one of the most difficult concepts to understand in what we believe in, is that Jesus wasn't just a good man. Jesus wasn't just a guy who... Um, you know, lived and, you know, changed everything and started this huge movement and then eventually died and then they stole his body or hit him off somewhere or something like that. Jesus was God himself put into flesh. That, that several thousand years ago when he was born, he came into this earth that God became man. And, and not only was he 100% man, he was also 100% God. And it's tough for us to understand this because we, we live in a world where it's only 100%. That's the total you can have. You can't be 100% of two things. 
But Jesus was 100% man, but he was also 100% God. And, and, he, and, and, and there's, there's a couple different reasons why it's so important that Isaiah uses this word God. And one of them is, is like I said earlier, it's important to know who we're serving. It's important to know who we profess as both Lord and Savior. It's really important to know that Jesus isn't just a man, that this guy that we serve, this guy that we say saved our souls, isn't just a man. He's, he's not just a good man. Some might say he's not just a good man. Uh, some might say he's just a good man. Some might say he's, you know, he, he did some good things, but eventually he's just, he's just a person. Everyone wants to get behind Jesus, but nobody wants to profess him as God. And so it's so important that we know who he is that way. When we come into situations like that, we need to be able to say, yeah, no, he is God. Jesus wasn't just a man. No human can do what Jesus did. Jesus did something beyond what we can accomplish. Which brings us to the second reason why it's so important that we use this word God, that, that uh, Isaiah used this word El, which is the Hebrew for God, is that he came to do something a lot bigger than a, just a man can handle. Uh, Mani Pacquiao has lost some fights, I will say that. Not this last one. He won this last one. But, you know, he's lost some fights. The Avengers don't always win the battle. Pastor Mark is, isn't perfect. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? You're not, he's, sorry, guys, he's not perfect. Uh, if, your parent, if, if your parents are your heroes, or if your, your friend is a hero to you, or if somebody is your hero, the unfortunate thing is they're not perfect, and they've, they've lost battles. They've, they've messed up. David lost battles. Um, everyone, everyone's messed up on some level. And what's different is that Jesus is God. He's never messed up. He's perfect. He's come to do something that we can't do because he's never had that imperfection with him. Because he's 100% God. He's never had anything that's not perfect in his life. And so he came to do something deeper than just heal the sick. And he came to do something deeper than just... uh, you know, make widows and, and, and uh, you know, provided for and raise the dead and stuff like that. He came to do something a lot deeper. And that's what, that's what this, this, this God implies is that he's here for something more. That he's here more than just to be a good person or just to do good stuff. He didn't come to establish a physical kingdom. At this time, with this scripture, one of the thoughts that, you know, the Israelites had is that, oh, he's coming and what he's going to do is he's going to establish this um, this kingdom, this physical kingdom, like a country, a nation. And that's what he's going to establish. And then eventually they're just going to take over the whole world. But in reality, Jesus didn't come to establish. He didn't come just as this gibor man who can only affect the physical world, who can only start a kingdom or a nation. He came as uh, el gibor, mighty God, a God who comes to do something spiritual in our lives, to do something deeper than what we see. Gibor. Everyone say that? Who I like I like that. I like that. Yeah, this word mighty God, this El Gibor. Why would these two words be put together to describe Jesus? Why is it that these two are going together? And and some of the reasons, like I said earlier, is we need to know who we're serving. We need to know who it is that we profess as both Lord and Savior. I can't say that enough. And the reason why we need to know this especially this, these two together, is that we serve a God who is a mighty God, 
who can overcome any situation that you're facing. That any trials and tribulations that you're currently going through, any issues that are happening, any struggles, anything, anything in life, we serve this mighty God who can overcome that, who can step up to the plate and defeat whatever battle you're fighting. He can win any battle you're fighting. We need to know that whatever it is that we face, he can overcome it. It's so important to know that because oftentimes we get so swamped with our problems and we get so overwhelmed with what's going on and we get so frazzled about what's happening is that we forget we serve this mighty God. And oftentimes, you know, we go, we go to other quotation mark gods to try and solve our problems. Let's say, you know, whether it's money or relationships or, or whatever, you know, hiding in your room and watching cartoons or whatnot. We go to these things to solve our problems. But in reality, the only thing that can solve our problems is this mighty God. He is a God who can not only save, but he will save. He is a God who has gone through and has proven himself worthy. And we need to know this. It's so important that we know this. Any crisis that you face, whether it's financial or if with your family, if there's an issue with there, or, or if you're having a, a situation at work, or if you're in school, it's finals week, so students right now are, are just going crazy. And so if, if anything like that, you know, Jesus is the one. He is this mighty God who can come and help you in these situations, who can come and save you from these situations. So I'll just give you a couple examples of situations where Jesus has shown himself to be the mighty God. Because we don't always know who he is, and we don't always know him as these aspects of him. And so I'm going to give you some situations uh, in which he has shown himself to be the mighty God. Uh, I'm sure you guys all know uh, about Moses, and he led the Israelites out of Egypt, right? Yeah, we all know that? All right. If you don't, Exodus, read it. It's good. It's a really fun story. Um, and so the Israelites, Moses started leading the Israelites out of Egypt. This is after, after years of, of slavery and, and captivity. And so Moses starts leading the Israelites out of Egypt, right? And he starts leading them and God's guiding them. But it seems like God guided them right into the Red Sea. And so they have the Red Sea to their front. And Pharaoh decided, hey, I want all those guys back. Uh, there's no one to work and build my pyramids or whatnot. I want all those guys to come back and serve in Egypt as my slaves again. And so Pharaoh sent his entire army out to go get these Israelites. And so to their front, they have the Red Sea. And to their back, they have the Egyptians coming, the Egyptian army coming. And so this seems kind of like a hopeless situation where there's nothing really that can happen. But the Israelites, that, the God that they serve then is the same God that we serve now. And that El Gabor that we're talking about, this mighty God that we serve now is the same God that they serve then. And so he's not going to let his people be destroyed. So what he did, this is crazy. This is like, man, if you could just picture it, just, just get, your, get your imagination glasses on or whatnot. God sends a pillar of fire in between them and the, and the Egyptians, the Israelites and the Egyptians. This is one of the coolest pictures you can think of. Like imagine as I'm talking, let's say somebody's coming up towards me and then all of a sudden just this pillar of fire rises up. And it's like, whoa. Where did that come from? That's cool. And it's keeping me, you know? But not only that, he didn't just just keep them away from there. What he did after that is he literally parted an entire sea. Like, I can part maybe a, a, a little, you know, stream from the faucet. I can part that maybe and, you know, help some ants cross. But parting an entire sea, 
give me some time, but I really don't know if I could do that. But he is this mighty God, and what he did is he parted the seas and allowed the Israelites to cross. And he, he allowed them to escape, and then he closed the seas again. And he saved his people. He was this mighty God who came through, that when they needed it most, he came through and he saved his people. And so this is an example of, of Jesus being the mighty God. Maybe in a little more practical thing, uh, here's another example. This is more of a personal example. There's uh, a couple months ago, I got really, really sick. Uh, I don't, I don't, we don't know what it was. I was, I came home, um, and I, I was with my grandma, and I was like, grandma, I don't feel well, and then I just started throwing up, and then really insanely bad migraines started, and I don't know, I don't know, we don't know what it was, and so I was just in so much pain, so I was sitting there dying and emptying my stomach and, and such, and we were just sitting around, and then uh, my grandma just started praying, and we started singing hymns and such, and we started just praying, God, please take away. God, save me right now. I can't, I can't handle this pain anymore. It's, it's more than I can bear. God, I need you to come save me. And as we started praying, and as we started singing hymns, just the, 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 the throwing up stopped, and the headache just started going away, and, and, and peace started coming. And, and you know, this is, that, is, that is a little more practical of a situation where Jesus was my own personal mighty God, is that he came and he saved me in a Time when I was having so much struggles and I was really in, in issues. And, and that's just, that's just a, one example. There's been countless times when Jesus has been my own personal mighty God. And if you ask others, there's been countless times when Jesus has been their mighty God, where he's come in when we needed it most and he's come through and he's saved us, you know? And so I'm going to reference another scripture here, uh, Romans 10, 13. And this, this, this shows that not only was he this mighty God back in the Old Testament when, there, when Isaiah was prophesying about him. This is in the New Testament. This is after Jesus came. Is that Romans ten thirteen? everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord might be saved. It's not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord could be saved if he's got time for you. It's not, you know, most people who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no, there's no times when God will not save you from whatever situation you're in. If, 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 if it's in his plan, you know, he's got it. He's got your back. He's going to do mighty things for you. And so I, I'd like to call the worship team up now. We're just going to keep it short today. And, and it's so important that we know this. It's important that we, we know that we serve a mighty God who can... Def- who can overcome any situation that we might face, any, any issue, any struggle that we face. This mighty God can overcome it. This mighty God can, can have victory over it. And so I'd just like to spend some time, and, and if, we can, if we can just spend, spend a moment and just reflect. Maybe right now you're going through a situation who, in which you're kind of needing this mighty God to save you, or, or you're, you're going through a struggle or whatnot. And so if everyone, if everyone can just bow your heads and close your eyes, we're just going to spend a moment and just just reflect how can we how can we allow god to be our mighty god how can we allow jesus to be our our el gibor our mighty our mighty god and so if we can just spend a moment Father, we thank you so much. God, we thank you that you 
were born in this season, God, and, 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 and this is the time we celebrate the time that you came to this earth, that the mighty God came to this earth in flesh. And we thank you, Father, that you can overcome any situation we face. And we thank you that no matter what happens, God, no matter, no matter what's going on, you are still mighty and you are still in control, Father. We thank you that you are king above all and you are sovereign over what's going on, God. And so we ask right now, teach us to trust in you, God, as, as our mighty, mighty God. Teach us to trust in you as someone who we can rely on. Teach us to look at you as this hero who can save us in any situation, Father. Let us not rely on our own strength. And, and I, I pray that we don't worry and we don't, we don't try and save ourselves, Father, but we focus on you to save us, God, in whatever situation we face. In your holy name, amen. And so um, there's another aspect of this. There's another aspect of this mighty God is that the reason he came and um, like I said, he came for something deeper than just a physical change. Is he came for a little bit more of a spiritual connotation and, and he came for, for something deeper is that we have this sin inside of us. Is that, you know, we, we sinned against God and we separated ourselves from God. And Jesus came as this mighty God and he came to bring us back to him to take that sin away from us something that only a mighty God can do this is something that we can't overcome that you can on your own good works could never overcome it's something that only Jesus this mighty God can do and so we'd like to, to if, if maybe this is your first time understanding that or, or hearing that even and, and maybe you feel that tug in your heart um, and this is your time that you kind of want to surrender your life to Jesus to call him your Lord and Savior we'd like to give you an opportunity to do that so everyone can, can bow your heads and close your eyes and I'm just going to pray, uh, pray but I'd like to know who I'm praying with that if this is something that you feel like you need to do something you need to surrender your life to Jesus uh, I'd like you to look up and, and make eye contact with me and that way I know I'm praying with you I see you um, yeah I see you, that's good, amen Amen. I see you. I see you. I see you. That's great. Is there anyone else? Hmm. Yes, Father. So, Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you came and you gave your life for us, God. We thank you, Father, that you took away our sins, God. We thank you that you died in our place. And Father, we repent of the time that we, we were away from you and that we separated ourselves from you. And we repent of the time that we, we decided that we were better off on our own, God. And we repent of trying to be better than you, God. God, we thank you so much that your forgiveness is never ending. And so we ask that you come in and forgive us now, Father. That you come in and take our sin away, God. That you lead us in your presence, Father that we learn to trust in you as our mighty God, that who can save us both now and eternally, Father. We thank you, God, that you have come and you have come and, and, and taken our sin away. And so right now, Father, we, we just ask that you come and live in our hearts. And we ask that you be our Lord and our Savior. And we just thank you so much, Father, for everything that you've done. And we, we ask, ask this in your holy name, God. Amen. Let's just give a, a clap offering to those who gave their lives to Jesus. That's the greatest decision that can ever be made, ever.